Holly. We made everyone wait an additional day for this episode, and we got a couple of really, really great guesses about what we, we might be talking about from people who were think? like, uh, <laughs> we got some guesses about you being in California with me. Oh, we got some guesses about us doing an all erotic deck episode. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. We got some guesses about us doing a episode just about cults, like we talked okay. about last week. Right. But no, none of those things are right. And it's actually something that's even more exciting. I know. We have a special guest today, and it is Claire Goodchild from Black in the Moon. Yay! Yay! And yes, Claire. welcome, Claire. We hope that you came prepared to talk about cults with us. Yes. <laughs> oh, so we're so excited to have you here. We've never done an interview before, like in our lives. <laughs> no, you'll do great. Yeah, well, and I think it's like no surprise to any of our listeners that we're really big fans of yours. And so when you posted in your Instagram stories, like kind of jokingly, I'd be on that podcast. We're like, oh, really? Because now you're locked in and have no choice. <laughs> Would you like to do our card of the day? Sure. I guess I will use the antique anatomy tarot because it's next to me. <laughs> That's a good reason. Yeah. I did not empty out my deck cabinet today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unlike me, who definitely did. <laughs> okay. What do we have? Let's see. The Wheel of Fortune. Ooh, oh, yeah, it's something totally new. And we're kind of on this ride that we're not sure where it's going, but we're going somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying out a new method. So are you using the ephemera antique anatomy? Um, no, the American version of the the new. Oh, exciting. oh yes, the mass market. Ooh, you have it in your so hands. Funny. I do, yes. <laughs> oh, I, I can't wait for it because, of course, like once it goes mass market, we have to have a copy of that one as well. So yeah, exactly. I fully expect Holly not only to have the UK version but also the American version. So I didn't cancel my American pre-order. We'll just say that <laughs> <laughs> we kept on to that too. But so the Wheel of Fortune is one of the cards that does have a slight change, right, from the indie ephemera. Uh, it's really minimal. It's just that the um, the ace of pence or coins, sorry, uh, has changed. So oh. it's put in there. Um, yeah, that's it, though. It's, it's a simple fight. Yeah. Well, you are having like such a year. I was thinking about how much like creation you've done. And mm -hmm. I did something that is, you know, pretty par for the course in my internet, uh, in my internet sleuthing. I scroll through. <laughs> your entire Instagram yesterday <laughs> while I was writing the notes for this. Yeah. And it was interesting because in the last, since 2015, you've created like at least one deck every single year. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Yeah. Sorry. That's my cat. 
We always love our animal guests. So in 2015, you produced the first antique anatomy, which is just the skeletons. And it has a lot of astrological like symbolism in it. Right. In 2016, you did Arcana of Astrology and then the first and second edition of Oracles of Audit, Oracle of Oddities. I did. I did both. I think so. <laughs> Maybe they weren't both released that year, but you definitely were posting about both of them in 2016. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> in 2017, it was Compendium, Oracle of Oddities 3, and then the re-release of Oracle of Oddities 1, which was a fundraiser for Puerto Rico, right. which is how I got that version. Okay. I thought that was a really cool thing for you to do. Yeah, I felt like I should do something. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> anything you know well and we all felt so powerless when that was happening too because it was like so widely ignored that like any way to bring attention to it was awesome and then obviously last year you did the ephemera edition of antique anatomy and then this year you had the antique anatomy go mass market and then you're also creating what seems like it's turning out to be a really gigantic deck and memento mori yes (laughs) when you say it back to me it sounds kind of insane Well, it just kind of shows how creative you are as a person and that you lean into that creativity and you share that with us. Like, I think it's just amazing that you're just such a great resource for so many different aspects of our craft. And so, yeah, I think it's amazing. Yeah. You're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> well, and also that's just, you must be exhausted with all yes. that output. <laughs> yeah, I, I am all the time. Uh, <laughs> But that's okay because, I mean, it could all end tomorrow, you know? Like, I want to make as many as possible while I can, you know? Yeah, Yeah. totally. So of those, like, massive amounts of decks that you've done in the last four years, do any stick out really strongly (laughs) as something that you super love? Like, the pinnacle of your achievement? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Not oddities, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> compendium I guess is like my baby you know yeah. oh yeah I ended up finishing it I did pretty much all the art in 10 days whoa oh my gosh a bit nuts <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just it felt like something I wanted to do for so long and then I just sat down and did it so that one's really special to me um that's, so you did all the art for that in 10 days, and then how long did putting together all of the keywords take? <laughs> oh, that's... Probably took- much longer. Yeah, <laughs> it, it took a while. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think, one of the beauties of that deck is that it's not... I mean, we we talked about it on the podcast, I think, what, two weeks ago, Esther? Last week? Three, Three weeks ago? Well, whatever. Yeah. And that's always the most mind-blowing thing to me is just that it's, like, very thoughtfully associated between the, like, constellations and the keywords. Right. Yes. Yeah, that was kind of my uh, my goal. Like, I wanted to make sure that if a constellation didn't have a myth associated with it, that it at least had, like, animal symbolism or a tool symbolism, like, um, what's, like, uh, Pictor, you know? That's not a yes. myth, but it, it, it has meaning behind it. Yeah, totally. Well, and also, have you always been somebody who was really into mythology? Or was that sort of something that came through because of the interest in astrology? I'd say I've always had an interest, like, in um, mythology, ancient civilizations, all of that stuff. Uh, Yeah. They just go hand in hand for me. I mean, I obviously force people around me to buy it all the time, so... (laughs) 
definitely appreciate it. (laughs) We're like, hey, have you heard of our Lord and Savior compendium of constellations? (laughs) (laughs) I also think that it's interesting that like between 2015 and now, it's sort of full circle in some ways with the sort of wide availability of antique anatomy, because I bet that when you created the very first one without any of the ephemera, Mm-hmm. It would have been really impossible to imagine how widely available a sort of like child of that death could become. Right. Yeah. That. <laughs> I mean, it's something you want to happen, but you don't expect it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that like also with the antique anatomy stuff and all the ephemera stuff, like sort of allowing you to then transition into the memento mori situation mm-hmm. and kind of like move past oracle of oddities and like put a definite end to that is also cool <laughs> it's part of this whole journey <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of so memento moria is kind of what i want to replace oddities like i've tried to shut down oddities multiple times but i never had anything to <laughs> fill that space you yeah know? and so yeah. people yeah. people just ask for it and I uh, yeah so I (laughs) (laughs) I'm so curious about what your relationship with that deck is but I obviously don't want to force you to talk about it but it's just it since it is so popular I guess people would be really surprised to know that you don't really feel it that much anymore yeah that I kind of hate it (laughs) (laughs) like when people tag you and stuff with it you're like oh no not this again (laughs) It's it's weird because I guess it's like my um, most well-known piece of work and it's mm-hmm. my least favorite. Um, so basically when I made the first edition and it was like limited edition um, back in 2016, my stepdad was missing. And oh so no. A little project that I, I did to channel kind of my emotions into, you know? Yeah, yeah totally. And people suddenly liked it and it kind of got away from me you know like mm-hmm. I made 100 I didn't think I was gonna sell 20 you know like I wasn't anybody in any sense of the word but yeah it, it sold out and then people were mad that I had made it limited edition so I thought okay well I'll make a second one that's totally different but can be used on its own or with the first edition um, while still trying to honor the whole limited edition aspect of right, right. that is so complicated when people have expectations about like how elite something is and then they <laughs> lash out so much at other people if it feels like almost like less valuable because it's more accessible but I do not understand that mentality <laughs> no. me either <laughs> so it just it led to like a bunch of uh, hate and harassment and I was also by then my uh, stepdad had been found he had committed suicide and oh my goodness I had to deal with that publicly while getting all this abuse about a deck that I created just to channel all those feelings into um, oh my god that is so rough and complicated it is it is and actually it's his birthday today so hi oh, oh my goodness yeah yeah so there's so many negative feelings tied into this project for me that was supposed to just be something for me. Um, Right. Well, and especially when it's a way of processing a really, really raw emotion and especially Mm -hmm. with like 
the fear associated with not knowing and then all of the trauma that comes afterwards, having then also people be like, no, this wasn't about you processing. This is about me needing every edition of the deck, you know, like it makes it about the consumer rather than it as a piece of art that you were using to help yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I'm happy that people love it. I mean, but it's Mm -hmm. just like, I can't even read with it. Like, yeah. so, but I guess in a way it doesn't really belong to me anymore. It belongs to everyone else. And that's kind of nice, you know? Yeah. But with the new deck, I want it to be something I can use too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. totally. And we, you and I have talked about this before with like kind of emotions coming through in compendium. Like, I don't know if you remember this, but I did a reading for myself and compendium was like really, really, really harsh. And then I (laughs) tagged you in my Instagram story about it. And you're like, that is so weird because I'm having a really, really bad day. And the yeah. deck was like sort of channeling some of like almost like your feelings were mm-hmm. coming through because it's your art and you're so connected to it. And so I, it's not, I mean, it's nice to be able to use your own stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I do, I do still feel that way. Like I feel like there's little bits of me like in everyone's yeah. house really weird oh <laughs> it's like a horcrux but not your soul splitting apart <laughs> yes <laughs> so since memento mori is kind of going to be the replacement for oracle of oddities mm-hmm. um i know that kind of the base formation is sort of like a lenormand deck and then what are the other additional cards going to be like for the for the new um, deck? so they will be i guess oddities style so that okay. way like if you don't know um so we're done looking for Lenormand. Yes. If you, if you know how to, it's okay because you can just use those cards at, like as part of the, the whole Oracle deck. Like you don't, you know, it can be whatever you want it to be. Right. Oh. And I actually think that's a really good entry point for Lenormand because as somebody yes. who's like trying to learn and is still definitely in the beginning stages, there are definitely feelings and vibes you can get from all the Lenormand cards that like are a little bit more explicit, like dog with loyalty. Like you right. can see that. And so as part of a larger Oracle deck, I could understand why somebody would be able to sort of like get more into Lenormand just because they're sort of seeing some of those symbols in a, a context with a bunch of other symbols rather than just mm-hmm. having to go with just the first 36 you can kind of like have a little bit more flexibility and freedom exactly yeah have you always been a tarot reader like when did you start reading (laughs) so um reading probably not until my early 20s but when I was little like three my mom had this deck that she had bought in um in England and I was obsessed with it I carried it with me everywhere like It was so the coolest thing. And I ruined them all, obviously, like the draw and oh, yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> uh, and then in my 20s, yeah, in my early 20s, I just decided to start reading again or like, you know, really learn. And um, yeah. I feel like in your early 20s is really the perfect time. And I don't know if maybe like naturally we learn so much more about ourselves as we get into our 30s. I'm sure that's part of it. But I definitely feel like having the tool of being able to like also do introspective reading really helps with that personal growth and ability to say, hey, now I'm, you know, I'm 32 and I feel like at 32, I have such a better idea of what my goals and hopes and dreams are than I really thought that I would get to because it's not just doing it on your own. It's also doing it with the of a tool that's really helpful. 
Right. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you there. Like, I love being in my 30s, by the way. <laughs> like, I, <don't> know. <laughs> I feel like not all my decisions are stupid. <laughs> I think tarot helps with that. <laughs> so you also are like a really big traveler, right? Like, that's a big part of what you love doing. Yes. Have you ever thought about using tarot to help make decisions about where to go next? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I should do that. Like, wouldn't that be kind of fun to like see <laughs> where the spirit takes you through? Like, pull, like, like pull a compendium of constellation, and then suddenly you go where that constellation can be seen. Where <laughs> That's it's from true. Originally, <laughs> so cool. Well, so I went to I've been to Scotland twice in the last two years, or I guess twice in the last three years, and you also went to Scotland I by did. yourself, right? I did in October of last year, and I fell madly in love with it isn't it so great (laughs) I feel like I was kicking myself for only booking a week like that was stupid (laughs) (laughs) I was saying the same thing and my my uh, husband Nathan was like you know Scotland will still be there I'm like fine I just wish that we were here for longer (laughs) exactly I don't know why it it has that effect on people like it's just the perfect place yeah. Mm-hmm. And even in October or November when we went, even though it's like pretty cold, it still was so verdant and like lovely. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the early sunsets, although I can't imagine working a nine to five job with that sort of situation. <laughs> True. Yeah. But you live in Canada, so I guess you're kind of used to the like high latitude nighttime situations in winter. Yes, it's um, not quite as bad as other parts of the country but yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh so creating tarot versus creating oracle do you prefer one to the other oracle all the way oracle yeah because <laughs> of the flexibility yeah when you're creating tarot cards how like how do you make the determination that you've thought enough about an archetype to like actually put pen to paper i don't i don't know i don't think i ever have thought enough like, sometimes I look back at some of them and I'm like, ew, that does not, <laughs> I know about the card now, you know? But I think that that's just part of being an artist. Like, you're overly critical and you think that you don't know as much as you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, like, the Oracle deck, I think, well, so a lot of people, we get questions about this a lot on the podcast of just people being like, you know, sh- like, should I read Oracle cards? Like, you know, are tarot cards superior? And I feel like that is wild as a question because I have so many Oracle decks. I love Oracle cards. Mm -hmm. Me too. It's so fun to see what, I feel like it gives more insight into what an artist is thinking about because you're not kind of like just having to adhere to 78 or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. So one of the things that I thought would be fun to talk about yesterday when I was writing this was things in our houses that would make us a likely suspect in a crime. Oh no. <laughs> well, I think Claire has more like skeletal specimens than I know. And so that's what mind. made me think of it because so. Claire, you have, you have like a human torso, right? I do. I do. Henry. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you had Henry? I think I bought him in 2017. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Henry. (laughs) Did it feel like it really, like, tied the room together once you had him there? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Although I feel like I kind of wish I had his head, you know? Oh, yeah. I feel kind of bad for him. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's not fully connected. Exactly. But 
honestly, like, I couldn't imagine him not being here, you know? Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. He's like a part of the family. <laughs> Does he have arms or is it just a torso? It's just his spine, rib cage, and pelvis. Oh. So, mm-hmm. Man, I think that articulated skeletons are really, really rad. We need to talk about your love of cryptids, too. Right. Yes. Because I think that that could be your next deck after you're done with Memento. So I actually, <laughs> I started working on one, but it was too similar to um, a book, a really great book called The Resurrectionist. Oh. Um, so I, I ended up stopping it, but... <laughs> I have thought about throwing a few in there, like into Memento Mori, maybe. Ooh, yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so do you uh, like the ones that seem more like mythical beasts or seem more like like man-animal hybrids? Ooh, I, I like know that's sort of a... The really creepy hybrid ones, like yeah. <laughs> uh, Bigfoot, the beast... Goat man. Yes, exactly. All of them. Wait. What, who's, which one did you just say? The Beast of what? The Beast of Bray Road. He's my tell, favorite. Okay, so tell me about that. I've never heard of that. So he is this giant wolf-type man that people yes. saw over uh, a short period of time. Um, I forget what state. Uh, anyway, on this one road. And he would, like, chase cars but keep up with them. And he was, like, really scary and, like, eating dead animals on the side of the road. Oh, my goodness. Yes, that is so creepy. I love it. Any ones that can run super fast and keep up with a car terrify me. Me, too. Like, to my very core. (laughs) Like, I have no hope of escaping this guy. (laughs) (laughs) I think that my favorite is probably Nessie, to be honest. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, who doesn't like Nessie, right? I know. And when we were in Scotland, we did like a very cheesy boat tour and my incredibly skeptical husband ended be- ended up being like, you know, I can kind of buy it. Like, why won't the government <laughs> let people explore Loch Ness more closely? Exactly. <laughs> Are you still doing pre-orders for Memento Mori? I am. I'm going to do them. Well, I'm going to do them probably right up until... I started sending them in October. It got pushed again because I can't stop making cards. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I guess the Antique Anatomy Tarot, I guess, you know, that comes yeah. out September yeah. 10th, which is exciting. It's already available in the UK, and yeah. they'll ship it to the US if you ask them to, I learned. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that one was kind of a surprise. Like, suddenly it was available in the UK. It was a surprise for me, too, actually. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Is that the weirdest part about kind of working with a publisher is, like, all of a sudden not really having a full idea of what's going on? It it is, yeah. Um, It's weird because, like, it's my child, so to speak, but they're raising it. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> for better or for worse you're just like well well hopefully this turns out okay <laughs> exactly yeah it, it's definitely it's different but I, I like it you know yeah I think that your stuff I really would I personally would love it if compendium went mass market because I want everyone to have a copy of the, that deck yeah you know uh <laughs> I'm actually thinking about it and I would love to to get it out there. I've been writing. Uh, should I say this? I've been writing. <laughs> we can cut it if we you can change cut your it mind. if you want. It's okay. <laughs> oh, 
it's okay. I've been writing a guidebook for it. Um, oh, awesome. The last couple of years, like I kept saying I would release it. And if I do, it'll be like an ebook, you know, something that. Okay, yeah. So then if I do decide that I want it to be mass market, that people who already have the deck, you know, mm-hmm. can get the ebook. Get it separately. Totally. Yeah, because I feel like that was kind of a, a sour spot for Antique Anatomy Tarot. And it's like, I try to explain that it, it's not up to me anymore. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I Well, I told people when I got the British version that it's worth, I mean, it's not that expensive of a deck and the book is really good. Like I've kind of book kept it out beautiful. on my desk because not only is it really beautiful, but you also included a lot of very good like introductory information about symbolism and the colors and the different elemental associations and all of those things. But it's so concise that it seems like it would be really great for somebody to have, even if they already have the indie version, just like to kind of access sort of that additional information in such a good way. Yeah. I'm super proud of the book actually. Like it's so important to me and when my publisher like came up with the idea for it to be like full color, I thought that was so cool because no one, yes. you know, no, it's so rare to have. I mean, besides, I guess who else does it? Like Barbara Moore usually has full color books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Llewellyn's like books lately have been more full color glossy. So I like that trend that's coming out because I think it makes the artwork because usually the artwork's bigger than it is on the tarot cards. So you can like actually see into the depths of that and also get the artist's explanation as well, typically. So well, and also the styling in the book, like every single image is just like perfectly styled. <laughs> they did a really good job. Like, I feel like they really captured what I like, you know? And Yeah. yeah. So you weren't even the one taking, they all seemed so aligned with sort of your branding and your own styling that I really kind <laughs> of assumed that you had more of a hand in that part of it. I didn't. And, and it's, <laughs> it's actually kind of nice, like. I'm a trained photographer. That is what I went to school for. And it was kind of nice to not have to do it. (laughs) And also for somebody to be able to see that somebody kind of like can understand your vision so well, must've been pretty cool too. Yeah, definitely. Like they're, um, they're really good at at what they do. That's awesome. Well, yeah. So I think that for sure, everyone should definitely be pre-ordering Memento Mori. And honestly, even for the book alone, I feel like, pre-ordering the antique anatomy mass market is a great idea too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So then our first, why don't we do Stephanie's question first and then we'll do Logan's question. So Stephanie says, I have recently decided to rebrand and reopen my Etsy store. I have the perfect name picked out. I have, and I've sort of figured out the photos for all the listings. I made a list of what I want to offer on my store, including tarot and Oracle readings. However, I'm beginning to second guess myself. I'm worried I won't be successful and that I'm going to do a terrible job with the readings. And then just a list of questions she includes. Will I be successful? What do I need to focus on in order to be successful? What roadblocks will I encounter and how can I get past them? And is there anything else I need to know about the journey? (laughs) You can tell Stephanie's a tarot reader because she phrases these questions really well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I feel like um, just starting off, Stephanie, by saying, like, even if everything goes well, you still will probably be asking yourself those same exact questions. (laughs) 
Okay, so uh, Esther, what deck are you using for this? I'm going to be using the the New Way Home Tarot that I just got yesterday because I really loved it so far. And so I keep pulling for it and it shuffles really nicely. So hello, anxiety shuffling. <laughs> I'm going to use Compendium because I like oh. to bring Oracle cards into these readings every once in a while. Oh, good. And Claire... And what will you be using? Will you still be using the uh, Antique Anatomy Tarot? Yes, I think so. Okay, okay great. Cool. So where do we want to start, Esther? Um, I think the questions are really great enough to be their own positions in the spread. Like, will I be successful? And then we can pull cards for that. And then what do I need to know to, to fo focus to be successful? And so I think just like a, it's really succinct and really nice for just like spread positions for us to draw for those. For All sense. right. Assign us questions then. Okay, um, Holly, why don't you do what does what does Stephanie need to focus on, and Claire, what roadblocks will Stephanie encounter, and I will do will I be successful, and then once we get those finished, we can kind of assess what to do next. So okay. I will do, I will do will I be successful. Well, I don't actually want to do that because I think that's a bit too, yes or no. So we'll just okay. do two for now, and I will hold back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what she needs to focus on in, e in order to be successful. I got Norma, which is conform. Okay. Link, links, which is observe. And Indus, which is create. Indus is one of the ones that we selected. I think I, maybe I did or you did. I think you did. one of our favorite cards. Um, okay. So conform, observe, and create. I think that what that is saying is that... Um, there are a lot of people who are selling Oracle and tarot readings. And so looking to see what other people are doing and kind of how that's going for them and then moving beyond just those sort of like things that other people are doing to make it more unique and more creative um, and sort of flexing those creativity muscles is going to be the way to make it successful. Yeah, I like that. Me too. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. It was very, very direct. That's why we like Compendium. Exactly. Like, That's why I love Compendium so much. <laughs> okay. And Claire, do you want to draw for roadblocks that Stephanie will encounter? Sure. So I got the Five of Blades. Okay. Um, so I don't really want to take it in a super negative direction. You know, um, I think that making peace with the fact that sometimes you're not going to get that client is just something you're going to have to to do there's competition it's just part of life right yeah yeah totally. um, so i think taking that in stride is going to help you um yeah, in yeah. the long run instead of dwelling on it like it's only a roadblock if you let it be a roadblock you know mm -hmm. yeah i like that i and we talk a lot esther and i on the podcast about the five of swords and the seven of swords being kind of like people lean really heavily on sort of the like sneakiness and self-serving aspects of those <laughs> cards. And this might be Esther's like Leoness, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's okay. elements of, and me as like a Capricorn rising and moon, it's like there are elements of that competition and elements of that self-serving attitude that really come in handy when you're trying to grow and when you're trying to expand. Totally. Yeah. And, yay, and, <laughs> and then I'm going to pull a card for how can Stephanie get past that roadblock of the five of swords? Because that was a follow-up question. So just a moment, let me. Um, for the to get past the roadblock of the of the five of swords, I got through the sun, 
and the Ten of Wands, which I think is a really interesting combination. Like, yeah. especially because sometimes I see the Five of Wands is also competing with yourself and like some self-harm talking Five sometimes. of Swords. Five of Swords, I meant, sorry. Uh, okay, the Five of Swords. <laughs> I was I was looking at the Ten of Wands. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the Five of Swords being kind of like that negative self-talk sometimes that can come in and that competitiveness within yourself. And so, um, and the expectations that you have of yourself. So I think the sun, like focusing on the positive ways you're growing and the way that you're being creative, that's, that's in the ways that you're kind of pushing yourself outside of your own box, but also realizing that there's this fine line between pushing yourself and also like being overbearing and like exhausting yourself to the point where you're just kind of like, um, breaking. So like definitely to get to get past that roadblock of the five of swords, like focusing on the sun, all the positive things like sun is annoying because it's just overwhelmingly positive. I know. I think you're the only person <laughs> I know who hates the sun. It's just like, like, and I'm not like a negative person, but I'm just like, you're just positive. Thanks. That's all you're telling me. You're positive. <laughs> so, but I, but I think it's a really interesting contrast with the 10 of wands showing up. Like don't just kind of push yourself creativity, you know, in that creativity aspect of com like with competition that you're um, that you're just like wearing yourself out constantly trying to be the next big thing. So, well, and that is the negative side of the sun is that it does burn like it can get too intense. And so if you're starting to feel like the five of swords stuff is taking over rather than the excitement about the changes that you're making and the exciting offerings that you have and all of that, like that sun can get too bright and can burn you and can lead to that burnout that's also reflected in the 10 of wands, like pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do we, uh, the last question that Stephanie has is, is there anything else I need to know about this journey? So why don't we all pull a card for that? Like any additional Just one? Yes, Holly, <laughs> just one. We have three people on this pod. If we all pull like four, it'll be the next you know, know. Ten minutes trying to explain. My natural, my natural inclination is always like a thousand cards, <laughs> especially with compendium, because I always feel like it's such a conversation. Oh, totally. I agree with you. Ben. I got okay. Discover Telescopium. Okay, Discover. Claire, what did you get? Uh, the Ten of Elixirs, a good one. Oh, no oh, kidding. And, and that goes really well with my Son of Cups. Uh, the, the print, the, what is, not the prince, what am, why am I all of a sudden, like, reverting to... <laughs> is the Sun Knight or Page in the that knight. deck? He's, he's a knight. Oh. Sorry. So, yeah, the Son of Cups. So, the Son of Cups, Ten of Cups, and then Holly got Discover? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's really nice, because I like that Son of Cups is there, because he's, like, the emotionally, like, driven person. And with the Ten of Cups, like, that... That emotional fulfillment is really nice. I yeah, I think that if anything, starting this shop is going to be about like kind of feeling like you're doing something really positive for yourself emotionally, like you're moving forward in like a place of strength and understanding of your own needs. And that's awesome, no matter what. Yeah. Cool. Well, good luck, Stephanie. Let us know what you end up doing with that. And we can give an update to our listeners. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Claire, for reading with us. That's yeah, thank you for reading with us. Awesome. I haven't read in a long time, like other than for myself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So our second question is from Logan. Logan is Cards Made Mirror on Instagram, our bed. 
And he says, when casting spells, so this is more of a magical thing, which we don't always touch on on Wildly Tarot, but this seems like a great question. And I know that it's something that Astrid and I have been talking about a lot lately. So, all right. So when casting spells, do either or all of you draw circles or call in the corners? While listening to a witchy podcast today, the host talked about doing these things, but I've never done them in my own spell work simply because it hasn't appealed to my own witchy palette. I know our crafts as witches can be largely eclectic and highly personalized, but I'm curious as to your thoughts. Have you done these things? And if you have, did you notice any benefits from them? So I'm 50-50 on this. I do sometimes, and I don't sometimes. It really depends, like, if it's some spell that I've written myself, generally not. If it's written by someone else, I will just because it's part of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not mandatory for me. Like, it's not, I don't think it has to be for anybody unless they want it to. Like, if you like that sense of ritual, that's great. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the biggest part is that it's if you, like, you need, no matter what, you have to get yourself into the right headspace. So if you have a more effective way for you to be doing that, like, if it's grounding, if it's, like, visualizing, you know, your energy force kind of expanding into the universe, any of those things... To me, that functions similarly to calling the corners because you're, it's really about you preparing to start working, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think I agree. I don't, I haven't really been doing very many spells that other people wrote. I've been mostly sort of winging it <laughs> in classic <laughs> like kitchen witch form of just like, here are the associations I'm going for. So we're going to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. So I, I think I've called the corners maybe like a dozen times ever. Yeah, I think I've only called corners maybe twice. And that's been for like protection spells, like house protection spells, because mm-hmm. I feel like protection spells you'd like to ha- like. And I don't usually call corners, I call elements because corners kind of sound. I'm not, I'm more, I guess, emotionally tied to elements than I am to like than corners or like north, south, east, west. I know that they represent things, but I'm like, woohoo, directions, yay. <laughs> um, so I feel like, you know, calling to air, fire, that sort of thing has been more meaningful, but I've only maybe done it once or twice because usually my craft is very like natural, like in the moment inspired and I throw things together and do stuff. So, but there is a sense of like ritual. And I think that if you, like it's like Holly said, you kind of have to get yourself into that mental space. And if that's if calling corners and connecting that way is how you get into that mental space of like self empowerment, then um, and that's really helpful too. But I'll, and also Holly nor I really have any gods or goddesses that we kind of call to. Work so with. that may have yeah, that may have something to do with it as well. Like if yeah. you have gods or goddesses you work with that may be a difference as well that's been a fun thing claire that you've been doing on your instagram where you kind of create the like display and then have people guess which god or goddess you're talking about so Mm -hmm. so amazing i love that i think i've been making them too easy though (laughs) (laughs) no it's just that aphrodite is like it's very well known yeah she's just so mainstream just put a letter there and see if hermes like is guest so oh my god no we're trying to not invoke him right now during retrograde no we're trying to make you know make him nice towards us yeah awesome well that's our show so listeners don't forget to email us your questions don't forget to pre-order memento mori the new oracle deck from claire and uh yeah you can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com including a handy form to submit questions and also a link to our Amazon storefront with all of the decks and books that we 
talk about on the podcast. And also you can tell your friends about us and write and review us on um, whatever app you're kind of using. It helps us grow. and makes us really happy. Yeah. We got a freaking two-star review last week. <laughs> and Without- they don't tell us why. And- yeah. They didn't say any words. So now I'm just assuming that it's because they hate us as people. It's Use rough. your words, people. Use your words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, don't. If it's negative, I just don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Just walk away. Just walk away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast for the podcast. Uh, Esther is Celestial Esther. I'm Holly Enchanted. And Claire is Black and the Moon. And you yes. can see pictures of the decks we're using. Uh, in some cases, the decks we're creating, not me and Esther. We have <laughs> only done that once and it was all text. Uh, and you can also join our Facebook community by searching Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. And also we post bonus content on Patreon each week. So if you support us at the full level or higher, you can access all of it. We're at wildlyterror.com after the patreon.com. Yeah, there we go. Yes. That's yeah, Patreon. Oh, also we did have a new Patreon supporter this week and I forgot who it was. So we'll do it next week. Sorry, we'll new Patreon week. supporter. We'll do it next week. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, and also go forth and tarot wildly this week we love you we love you claire thank you so much for joining us thank you so much claire thank you